Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. Welcome to tonight's show. We're going to be talking a little bit about Chloe Zhao's amazing Oscar win for her movie Nomadland. We're also going to be chatting a little bit about how a Russian man got stuck on a Chinese Idol talent show. We also have an interview with Jackie lined up tonight for his latest song, System, which we're so excited to share with you. Up next is a song by Satomoka called Love Buds. Keep on listening here on Asian Pop Nation. We're now going to chat a little bit about how drones and fireworks can paint a picture and which one is better. Well, here the Asian Pop Nation team of myself, Aaron, Celeste and John Paul are going to share some more. So in some exciting news, last week a Chinese streaming company ended their drone light show in Shanghai with a massive scannable QR code for a video game. And the QR code was actually comprised with about 1,500 drones and it was meant to celebrate the first anniversary of this Japanese RPG game and it went viral across the internet and a lot of the reactions were varied. Some people thought that it was awesome seeing the drones being used in this way and some people were a bit critical because it felt like these technology is just being used for ads, a bit like Blade Runner, if any of you have seen, seen that, where there's all of these holographic advertisements. But then we also saw last year in September, there was another Chinese technology company that broke the Guinness World Record for most unmanned aerial vehicles or drones airborne at one time. And they made some really cool 3D images using the drones. And it's spectacular, I found. And it's always kind of interesting to see videos like that circling on the internet. And I wanted to throw the question to you as to whether you think drones would be the next form of entertainment around Asia and also here potentially in Australia. Oh, certainly be a part of it. I mean, I'm I'm welcoming this new age of like Blade Runner advertising technology. So, I mean, I like that movie and I like the ads too. They're but it's cool. a dystopia. Dystopian? <laughs> what's, so, what's so dystopian about it, Xenia? <laughs> about Blade Runner? No, I mean the, the lights. Oh, that, no, I thought you meant like Blade Runner is the world you wanted to live in. It's like, I would not want to live in the world of Blade yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's an interesting way of perhaps replacing fireworks. But Celeste, what do you think? I really love it. Um, mostly because I've seen it happen in a BTS concert. They did it for their big London show. And it was just amazing seeing how that all came to be on their live streams. I yeah. didn't see with that though. What did they do with the drones? Oh, I can't remember. They they made the world like the Earth, and then like had the like each little continent there, and just like spun around. It was really nice. It was just so impactful. Yeah, and then I think they did it two years ago for in Singapore. Instead of using fireworks to celebrate New Year's, they used drones as a kind of light show instead, which I thought was great. Yeah, and Aaron, what do you think? So wait, the Earth is round this entire time. <laughs> Needed the drones to, to reveal that to you. Oh, man, you didn't know. Get with the times. <laughs> it's round. Would you see uh, any yeah. no, drone no, show? It's inter- Wait, what? Sorry, go for it. I was just going to, I thought it was interesting for the drones to come into um, those events and all that stuff. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Other than that, but the QR code, that's, how exactly were they going to scan the QR code still anyway? Like the, the camera, code? right? You just, it's just like, a bunch of dots. Yeah, yeah I think I've, it's, it's visible, it's visible enough that you can get out your phone and 
legit scan it as a QR code. It's that clear. Yeah, but like, was it on the drone though? That's the real question though. No, um, so each drone has a light and they're all arranged in a sort of matrix setup or like a square. And then it looks like a QR code from up high. Yeah, like each drone is a little pixel, right? Something like that. Yeah. Technology's great. They look like a QR code. It's pretty sick. And you definitely have a lot more variety compared to fireworks. Like, I think I remember Celeste mentioned how the sound is very appealing, but. Yes, it is. But (laughs) they could just play it sound in the background. Like, (laughs) it's not going to hurt. Yeah. I think drones would be potentially the future when it comes to fireworks displays considering how many fireworks i haven't read up on it too much but i wonder how much smoke is goes into the atmosphere during new year's eve must be but it only happens like once a year you yeah know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but i think it'd be cool to see more drones displays but it seems to be not something we really see very often here. I don't know why. It isn't, but I can't wait for it to be a thing because I'm hoping to work in the live entertainment industry and like I can't wait to get my hands on a bunch of drones and yeah, just fly them. Be cool. <laughs> yeah. If you want to tell us more about drones or what you've seen around any drone shows that you recommend for us to watch, you can let us know at facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation or you can let us know on Twitter and Instagram. And we'd love to hear your thoughts and to share some of your recommendations. Now we're going to jump into an interview with Melbourne-based artist Jackie, who has experienced some of the highs and lows of relationships and taking influence from that and from literature and from Taylor Swift. Jackie has always prided himself in creating amazing worlds within his songs, including his debut single Lockdown Lover and What's So Good About Brandon. And now he's released his first song for 2021, and that is System, shifting to a bit more of a dark pop rock and trap sound. So I talked with Jackie for a little while to talk a little bit about System, about what it's like performing now that COVID restrictions have eased, as well as talking a little bit about Taylor Swift and how she has influenced his music and his favourite song from the Fearless Taylor's Versions album. Give it up for Jackie. Thanks so much, Jackie, for coming onto the show, chatting to us about your latest single, System. How are you feeling about it now that it's yeah, the I'm... time this interview comes out, it's going to be released? I'm feeling really like excited about it and I'm just in love with this idea of having a song that's like dark pop finally out into the world like it's been a long time coming like changing my sound into what it is now Mm. and I'm so excited that this is the first song made up of that sound and yeah I'm so stoked about it. Yeah no it's awesome because you really kind of made each song that you've or each single you've released a bit different in its sound and style. So what kind of made you decide to embrace this more primal side in system? So I've always loved writing pop and R&B and I loved having that versatility of having both genres like sort of mixed and mashed, which you sort of hear in the first two singles that I released, Lockdown Lover and What's So Good About Brandon. But I I noticed that when I, I first started writing as a songwriter, I was always writing like very angry and emotional like songs about relationships and they'll come out in these really like rebellious and dark sort of sounds like in in the like the best way i can describe it is like a billy eilish track where she's like talking about like weird revenge stuff and i was like i need to like imitate that in the production like it, it just only makes sense to go there but i just never found 
anyone who could do that for me without making it sound too too much like what you hear on radio or too much like another artist. Yeah. So I wanted elements of that, but not like too much of it. And so my bassist, his name's Daniel Roughly, like um, he and I started working on a track and it just became what it was. Mm. Yeah. So he knew exactly what you were sort of going for, but still trying to make it original. Yeah. At first, when he first sent it over, it sounded nothing like the way it, it does now. Like it sounded like Green Light by Lord or something. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I wrote the whole song to track that sounded like that. And I had no idea where to write something dark pop. And then he was just like, can you just send over your reference tracks? And I was like, yeah, why don't we do that? Like, why don't we just do that? <laughs> I sent over all these dark part reference tracks and he just made it like straight away. Yeah. On the same footing. Yeah, same footing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so when did you write this song? Was it last year or was it this year? Yeah. So it was last year during stage four lockdown and I was doing a lot of writing during lockdown because, you know, like there's not much to do. (laughs) Like I really wanted to push myself creatively because I don't know, like for most people who are at home, like, or even nowadays when I'm back at home, I tend to be really lazy and I'm like, no, I'm not going to go to my keyboard. I'm not going to do this. Like I'm at home. I just want to rest. But so it's so hard to push myself creatively and to especially to collaborate with other people because usually I write songs alone. Like um, Lockdown Love and What's So Good About Brandon, I didn't have any co-writers and I tend not to have co-writers because it's just my preference to just write everything by myself. And so, yeah, last year we finally decided to work on something together and that was around August. And um, from that point moving forward, we were working on this song all the way till December, yeah, and including recording vocals in my room and meeting up after the lockdown to get the production done, yeah. Yeah, wow. And a lot of your songs have that really strong storytelling element you mentioned, What's So Good About Brandon. So how did the inspiration for these songs come about? Do you keep a note of them? Do you have, like, a, yeah. a memos on your phone? <laughs> yeah, Locked on Love is quite interesting in the sense that it was, like, the first love song I've ever written. So I didn't really know that it was going to come out of me. Like, I had no idea how to write love songs because, like I told you, I was obsessed with writing yeah. about my exes. I was like, There's no, yeah, which is what's so good about Brandon. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is a follow-up. I was like, no, I need to get this anger out. Like, I learned most of that personal stuff through Taylor swift actually like i used to follow i mean i still follow her but as a kid i used to just listen to her country songs even yeah and just listen to her really specific storytelling and it would be like saying for example saying a person's name in the mm-hmm. song and like blah blah and this and that and i just love that specific name calling or this like description of the stories in a sense where it's like written with pop hooks Mm -hmm. I was like that's so interesting that that country storytelling can be told in such a commercial way like for Brandon for example I would have the name and everything that happened like you know (laughs) listed in my notes yeah do you have a favorite Taylor Swift song I'm a big Swifty myself so yeah I love that my favorite Taylor Swift song okay at moment at the moment because she you know she released the re-recorded yes um, so I listened to that as a kid so I'd say my favorite right at the moment is the way I loved you I don't know if you've heard that one yet. that's my favorite song on the show <laughs> I, I, I love it like that that was amazing like that's oh, when she gets to the chorus amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've had that on repeat for so long it's just so yeah. good having yeah. the remaster it's just pops even more fine yeah <laughs> And I noticed listening to systems, you've got some interesting sounds 
sort of spread out like a glass crashing. Did you have any other kind of Easter eggs that you found during production that you were kind of proud of or sort of something you remember most about the audio production process? Because most of production you know, was definitely done on Daniel's side. So I was mostly getting shook by everything. Like yeah. <laughs> when I think definitely I love the fact that he used a lot of vocoder, like uh, you will hear throughout the track, it's vocoder most of the way. I think the main, one of the main reasons why was because we actually had to record my vocals twice for the song. And the second time I recorded it, I wasn't a very big fan of my vocals. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, like, because the first recording I did was at home and like home recordings are never going to turn out the way you think it, it is you know what i'm saying because it's not a yeah. professional studio but that actually ended up being the actual takes we used in the song mm. yeah and then he just chucked on a ton of vocoder to just shield a lot of things you know yeah. it's kind of worked out and another thing we did which is a bit of an easter egg which i don't know if you noticed and i don't know if i should say this <laughs> <laughs> like in bits of the chorus there's like whiplash sound like yeah yeah so that if you notice, it's from Ready For It, and we just, like, pitched it all the way down. In, oh, yeah. no way. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, reference pack, so I was just like, yep, take it, pitch it all the way down, and, yep, do your thing. <laughs> no, it's really yeah. cool. I, I was wondering what that was, because I wasn't too sure whether it was a whip or whether it was something else. I kind of, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like, the nice thing, yeah. And I'll look at that bass sound. And yeah, when he first sent to me, I was like, I recognize this. What is this from? It's similar, but not the same. Like, I was like, yeah. what is it? Yeah. <laughs> it does have that same atmosphere, but I wouldn't have been able to kind of pair it with Ready For It. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I also wanted to kind of touch on your sort of cultural heritage, because here at Asia Foundation, we really like to kind of sort of showcase how our backgrounds really help sort of show through our music and through our discussion. So how do you feel your heritage has kind of influenced your music and have your parents played a huge role in sort of the music you create? So yeah, I'm Chinese Cambodian. And so my father's from China and my mom's from Cambodia. But like my mom's like definitely like in touch with the Chinese like culture (laughs) and side. Like that's the most dominant side in our family. Like we do all the Chinese traditions like so I'm not really in touch with my Cambodian side as much, but I would love to. Like, I would mm. love to go and travel and, and do all of that. And, yeah, my, my parents, they're really important to me, like, I and especially the culture and the upbringing. I think as a kid, I used to really dislike it. Like, I don't know if, like, um, people who were born or raised here had this, a similar experience where when you used to go to school and you'd bring, like, food that your parents make you. Yeah. Asian food and like other kids would be like ill or like say something and like it just kind of like gets in your head about it and you're just kind of like oh like and you start to like become distant from your culture mm-hmm. and that's what started to happen to me like I noticed throughout primary school and high school I became really distant with my culture but as soon as my grandpa passed a few years ago like I started to get more in touch with it and more in touch with all the traditions that my family did like coming to the events and really getting to know why we do things as well and yeah it's really important to me in my music especially that my parents are like totally okay with me (laughs) the way especially the way that I'm I'm doing it like you know writing songs about 
like boys and stuff like they're so open to accepting me despite you know the fact that our culture might not accept that sort of thing mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah so that's really important to me and how i write music as well like i constantly think about how if i didn't have my parents like i would not be doing <laughs> this stuff you know <laughs> yeah so i guess you <laughs> and yeah. i guess also have you been sort of performing again and how has that been like and what are you most excited for with performing system yeah so i did a few shows early this year I, yes, I had a headline show for the Workers Club early in March, and then a few weeks after, I did one with this community online called the Real Songwriters of Melbourne, which is really great. And yeah, I only performed System once, which was at my Workers Club headline angle. The first time we did it, we did a little sneak peek performance. Yeah. Um, ever since then, I've tried to scale back a little bit just for the release because, like, there was a period of time in my life where we were performing almost weekly, like. It didn't matter where, like with my full band, and we would just be hauling the, the drum kit upstairs and here and there, and like trying to find parts. It was insane, and I really try to now get gigs where we honestly get really good pay, and I think that's important for musicians to get. Yeah. Especially after the pandemic, I have a few gigs coming up. One on May 11, I think, at Stay Gold in Brunswick. I'm headlining at 9:30, so. Yeah, so that'll be my first one in a while. I'll bring back system. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds like it'll be a cool experience, especially getting to perform it. Is it going to be much different to the one you did earlier this year with the sneak peek? Yeah, yeah, it'll be quite similar. I, I think playing with my band... I think I like about it is we tend to think of like cool and different ways to rearrange it. So I never usually like, you know, some artists would play with track, whereas I'm like, no, let's go for the actual instruments like like drums and and guitar. And I love that because it gives us, it's like similar to the song, but at the same time, it gives its own feel for the live setting. And mm. I love that because, like, the more the more rock side comes out live of that song, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I guess now with System coming out, where do you think you'll go from here? Do you think you'll be releasing more singles or an album or EP maybe? I'm currently working on, like, a sort of an EP. Like, I've basically done a couple demos of both old and new songs relating like and they're all with the same sound because right after system i was like to my producer daniel i was like we need to keep going we have to like and it started to go really quickly because now that we knew what the sound was it was like bang 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 and i was just recording these basic house vocals sending it to him and then we'd finish the track and yeah, and then I'll, we're going to send it off to this producer we're um, working with um, Simon and just sit down and just really evaluate um, what's going to make the EP, what's going to be the next single or not. And yeah, hopefully just keep going down that dark pop path. But I, I would definitely say that I will make a return to R&B in the future because I have a ton of songs that I just have archived and I'm like, I need those out. <laughs> I need yeah. <laughs> Form those as well alive. It's part of my set list, and I'm like, well, I need them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess, what are some of the things that you hope people take from your music, listening to it? What are some of the things that fans have said to you that you really stuck with you? Yeah. So I, I definitely think people are often surprised, yeah, by the storytelling, and also by the fact that I'm gay and I'm Asian, and I think. Yeah. 
you know, like they don't normally see that. Like you don't see a lot of that. Like mm-hmm. a gay Asian person doing this type of storytelling in pop and R and B. So I think a lot of people resonate with that, and they're like, "This is new. This is refreshing." And the the surprise by it. So I think that's the best part of hearing about it. And, and the feedback I was getting for what's so good about Brandon, which was you know like people who didn't even know the guy or like the story behind that song were just constantly like, I listen to this all the time. I hate Brandon. I'm like, I'm done. Like I love that. I was like, thank you. Like I'm all the same. And I made you feel that way without even like, you know, being in the same room telling you the story. And that's what I love about that experience is that people were able to relate to something that they didn't personally feel or go through. And that's what I want to do with my music. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I did love what's so good about Reddit. I saw all the comments that they were like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> but I guess now, so where would our listeners be able to find you? Where can they sort of follow you and your music? So the easiest way to say this is my name is Jackie, J-X-C-K-Y with the X replacing the A. And you can honestly type that on Instagram as Jackie Music or on Facebook, Jackie Music, on Twitter, Jackie Music. And on Spotify and Apple Music, you just type in J-X-C-K-Y. My name is not (laughs) Jixi. Do you get that a lot? Always calls me. My boyfriend calls me Jexy. And the funny thing is he actually came up with the name. Because like, ah. we were brainstorming and I was like, oh my gosh, please. Like I need to put the X somehow in the name. And he came up with it. And now he just calls me Jexy. It's, it's Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It was so lovely to talk to you, Jackie. Thanks so much for sharing. This Thank, you so much. Thank you for having me. You're so lovely. Oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> But something else that happened recently that's quite sweet was National Bubble Tea Day. So now we're going to hand over the mic to the APN team so that they can talk a little bit about their favorite bubble tea orders. Yeah, bubble tea. Woo! Who here likes bubble tea? Zania, do you like bubble tea? I haven't tried official bubble tea. Official? Like what do you mean by official? Like milk tea. tea. I've had the, I don't know, like the, not free tea. I haven't had any of the tea drinks. I've just had like the cold iced flavored drinks with no bubbles it's just like mango flavoring with crushed ice juice kind of but more like a smoothie oh okay heresy with some milk. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste, how about you do you like bubble tea i drink it every few months or so i'm not okay. as obsessive as some people are out there <laughs> and that's mostly because i want to save money <laughs> So you're like a normal person, right? I guess. <laughs> but a lot of my friends who love bubble tea don't think I'm normal, so wow. yeah. All right, I see. How about you, Aaron? Aaron, do you drink bubble tea? I never had any bubble tea, to be honest. Well, really? Never. All right, we're going to have to force you to drink some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Studio. Uh, we'll you'll I like it. Yeah. But I mean, like, anyway, bubble tea. The reason I mentioned bubble tea is because last Friday, April 30th, it was a... National Bubble Tea Day. Woo! Uh, there's I'm a. Declare that. <laughs> this yeah, day is National Bubble Tea Day. Yeah, I mean, like, who knew there was a whole day for bubble tea, right? That's I little... know, and I didn't even drink any. That's <laughs> crazy. I mean, anyway, um, on the note of like just bubble tea in general, everyone here, uh, what do you usually order when you get bubble tea? My first introduction to 
bubble tea was just your typical a pearl milk tea, just a regular sugar ice pearl milk tea, and that's the like OG or basic as you can go for bubble tea.、Mm. And if you want to try it, do that one first because it's simple, it's nice, yeah. But nowadays, I my go to is a Thai milk tea because I like the taste of that specific tea and it's more sugary. In that, it uses condensed milk, not sugar, and that's、Ooh. where it gets its sweetness from. Yeah, yeah, condensed milk is good. Yeah, mix as well as anything, really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was thinking condensed milk straight out of a can. That's probably not a good idea. But... Oh yeah, probably not. <laughs> but you've tried some, right? Oh me? Have you tried milk tea or bubble tea? I've I've only tried the basic stuff that Celeste、uh, said. You know,、oh. normal milk tea with the weird bubble things, and like、yeah. it tastes really good. That's that's all I know about. <laughs> <laughs> so is it just like normal milk, or is it condensed milk? I think it's, it's normal milk. Normal milk, yeah.、Oh, okay. And double milk with tapioca pearls and black tea. I think I、oh, can't remember. Okay. Yeah, because it's it'll be super weird if you make it with green tea and add milk. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. black tea, milk, bubbles.、Oh. That's it. Bubble. How come、tea. it's weird if it's green tea? There's some green tea. I've never、um, put milk in my green tea. <laughs> I should try. It. it just seems so odd. Yeah, like, it's mostly green tea is mostly something you just drink straight.、Right? But at the same time, I've also had a matcha latte, so milk and that's alright. But... Yeah. Yeah, why yeah. not try it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find like the tapioca pearl gets in the way? I think I've had something with tapioca pearls in it, but I didn't enjoy the experience. Oh, why not? I think it、um, either because. I must have. This might have been actually bubble tea that I ordered, but I didn't really like it. I don't know what I ordered, so I'm scared to order it again <laughs> in case I make the same mistake. But yeah, I'm not sure. Like, do you guys enjoy that sort of you're drinking and then suddenly a pearl comes up? Or oh, I like that part of the experience. I like that stuff. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Tapioca pearls. They're the thing. Those that like you can kind of chew on, right? Yeah, yeah, the chewy, the sugary.、Um, the reason why I like it is, and for many other people, is that it's kind of just like a small meal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the tapioca balls, and then you have a drink with it, and it's just don't need to eat lunch. Like, for, most, for most people that aren't used to it, maybe it would be weird. But for me, like as a Filipino, I grew up with this、uh, little dessert called taho.、Mm. Yeah, it's like it's this weird sweet drink with like sweet syrup. For some reason, they throw like soft tofu in there, but, but manages、yeah. to taste good、oh, somehow. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, tapioca pearls. That was it. Was all part of it. Have any of you tried、yeah. the different toppings, like the jellies or and the jellies? I, I don't. Know. I don't think so. I just had like the standard.、Uh-huh. I have, but、um, it's really、like? up to your taste.、Um, yeah. So the other toppings, such as like、um, the bursty fruity ones, they're good for like teas that don't have the milk in it, such as the fruity teas that I think Zania you drink. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you want that, yeah, add that in. It's nice, but it's also like what for? It's a waste of money. There's <laughs> <laughs> just so many options. I don't know how on earth. Like, so say I try a milk tea with the boba, and then how do I know what to do if I want to change something? Like, I don't like the taste of the milk tea. I don't like the boba. Like, um, well, you can order milk tea without the boba if you don't like boba.、Um, if you don't like the tea specifically, there's other choices. So you got green tea.、Um, depends on where you go. Sometimes they have oolong or yeah. And if you're not interested in those specific teas, you got green tea that's mixed in with fruit syrups to make it sweet. 
you don't really taste the tea in it. Yeah. Mix and match. Up to you. Make something crazy. Can you I haven't really drunk tea, tea. Can you can you be a jerk and just order like tapioca pearls in a cup? I feel like people would do that. But I would do that. <laughs> like on yeah. its own, it's kind of boring. You want <laughs> the drink with it. <laughs> all right oh Zenia, you were saying something though i i'm not the biggest fan of tea so i'm not sure what milk tea tastes like you said it's like black tea yeah that sort of bitter but i'm guessing it's not bitter if it's with milk tea though i don't know how to explain it i don't drink um black tea often anymore actually or i don't drink um black tea with i don't but yeah black tea with milk often but it's sometimes nice it mellows out the um bitterness yeah i don't mm. know what about Aaron there? Do you drink tea? No. <laughs> Just Have you tried coffee anything? Or? No, I no how. I tried one green tea bar. I was a fool for trying something, trying to do something stupid. Like Don't combine what? chips with a lot of sugar and salt and pepper in it. With a group of oh. Oh. We were in a restaurant just after leaving a cinema and we decided, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Bad idea. And I discard you. That's oh, not wow. how you make bubble tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it was the first time doing it. And we were just group of people just doing group of people. Well, whatever the word is called. Yeah. But what would you try if you were to say you'd be dared to try something from Cha Time? Uh, oh, not Cha Time, from Milk <laughs> Try something from a bubble tea store. What's a uh, normal bubble tea drinking tea then? The milk tea? <laughs> I guess we'll go with that. Okay. It's basic and it's Easy to drink, if that's the right way of saying it. Yeah. I might just try some next time. I see a bubble tea place. Yeah. But if anyone wants to share their favorite bubble tea order, let us know. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the last song you heard was Youngie's Mine, because guess what Chloe Sauer can call mine? That is her Academy Award for Best Director for Nomadland. And we're going to chat about this legendary moment right now, here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin. All right, it's award season now. Last year, I think it was last year, we had who was it? Bo- Bo- <laughs> the guy who directed Parasite. I always forget Bong his Jun name. Yeah. yeah, him winning an Oscar, and it was a historic moment for Korea and Asians alike. And now this year, we have even more historic moments for Asians. Chinese director Chloe Zhao won best director award at the academy awards last week for a film nomadland becoming the second woman and the first woman of color to win the award and then on top of that we had korean actress yu jong yoon who is also the first korean woman to win the best supporting actress award at the academy awards for her role in minari so i haven't seen nomadland has anyone else seen nomadland (laughs) I don't think I've seen the trailer, to be honest. <laughs> but I know the general premise. Nomad Land is about a woman who is played by the legend herself, Frances McDormand. And she is someone who, in her 60s, after losing everything in the Great Recession, decides to kind of go on this journey to the American West and live in her van as like a modern-day nomad. Oh. So a modern-day Western, in a way. I suppose it's interesting to see a lot more representation especially from Asian actresses and creators like the Academy Awards. But I feel like this is also maybe the time that more Asian representation will be seen in the Academy Awards. So what are some films that you feel deserve an accreditation or an award like this? Or is it maybe an actor or an actress that you thought should get more recognition? (laughs) 
<laughs> any? I'm just like, I haven't seen many movies, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or even like an actor or an actress, perhaps, or director. That's another. You know what? I'm just going to put it out there. Aquafina, can she win something? Yeah. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think The Farewell, she absolutely yeah. deserves. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. But how about you, Aaron? You've seen a lot of movies. Do you feel like there's any films from Asia or actors, actresses or directors that you feel deserve a bit more love? Well, I got a couple in my head while one of them, we'll talk about Demon Slayer in the future along the line. <laughs> like, you know what? That movie should be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animation, so that's that. Yeah. Throw that to the sideline for now. But um, the guy who, from Parasite, the main father who did that one. Oh, uh, that actor. The uh, rich father or the poor father? Uh, sorry, Song Kang Ho. Apologize if I said your name wrong. He should at least got nominated for an Academy Award for his performance. How about you, JP? I don't know. I can't think of anything. I haven't I haven't watched much. How about uh, any Japanese animated films that you felt deserved? Demon Slayer. <laughs> Demon Slayer? Nominated or at least get to the Academy Awards. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm not sure. Are you talking like of recent years or? Oh, just any, any that you felt, wow, why hasn't this got more attention or critical recognition? Yeah. Oh, man. There are a few films I've been watching, but they're really old, like 90s stuff. I'm not sure if people even remember them, but they're That's really all right. We feel free to bring that up and explain why, I think. Um, there's one really good one called General Wolf Brigade. I think it was there. It was done by the same dudes that made Ghost in the Shell. You know, Ghost in the oh, Shell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Similar team. Very interesting story. It's basically alternate history Japan. Lots of political unrest in terms of like the story. Lots of tensions. I don't know. It's very meticulous and good. Mm. It makes me sad that no one talks about it. <laughs> yeah. I think mine would probably just be. It's one of those films that perhaps gets a lot of attention within art house perhaps isn't mm-hmm. recognized sort of critically unless you're someone who studies film in the mood for love. I'm going to mention this a lot. In the <laughs> oh, right. Wait, yeah. you, was this the same person that directed a uh, chunking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything about it is crafted really well. <laughs> All of the characters are within frames, sort of really tied back to some of the themes in the story. I guess it, what they were really trying to get across is the idea that it's very cramped to have privacy (laughs) and so a lot of ideas or themes of image and having to deal with your reputation and preserving that is stored there so you'll have to probably watch more of his films to understand more of his style but yeah that's one thing that I think deserves a bit more attention but I mean congrats to Chloe Zhao for definitely we'll probably be talking about Nomadland once we get to see it but she's also going to be directing Eternals isn't that um, a Marvel movie that's going to come out soon? With yeah. Berlin and stuff? It is. And then it also has, I think it's Chinese-British actress who was also in Crazy Rich Asians as Astrid. Gemma Chan? Yeah. Yeah. And Kamal Nanjiani. Absolutely nice. love this dude. So. Okay. <laughs> but if you wanted to share your thoughts, if you see Nomadland, please let us know what you thought. I think we'd love to hear you thought of Chloe Zhao's directing, about the performances. We're on facebook.com forward slash Asian population and we're also on Twitter and Instagram if you'd like to tell us more about that. Now we're going to chat a little bit about something that was on the news because of how surreal the story was about a Russian man on a Chinese idol show. So keep it here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin.
If someone asked you, would you like to try a new life? Would you say yes or no? I'd say like maybe. Blue pill or red pill? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> blue pill or red pill, right? Give me the description first. Yeah. You, you, you don't get to time. know what happens, but like, would you say yes or no? Ooh, I think I'd say oh. yes just for the fun of it. Yeah, just the same. Yeah. Well, this seems to be what happened to a man named Vladislav Ivanov. He's a 27 year old um, from Russia. And he ended up being in a produce camp um, twenty twenty one in China, and this is basically where they run a TV show to produce um, idols. And so he's been trapped, or <laughs> say trapped, <laughs> he's stuck in this like <laughs> idol competition thing for a while, and he's been like purposely trying to get out. Um, for context, this guy can speak fluent Mandarin. He is highly attractive and that's why someone asked if he wants to be on the show um yeah and so throughout the whole tv show i haven't seen it but this is what i've read there's he said that he's been purposely doing bad raps and dancing and stuff to try and get voted out but the general public love him and keep voting him in and it wasn't until i think was Daniel, was it the final yeah, episode final. or something that he was finally kicked out he finally got his dream to leave <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what do you guys think about just this whole scenario? Because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, poor guy, man. Poor guy. He, he's so good at what he does that he can't <laughs> escape. You know. Man. But it does make me think of like my life and things I've tried to do really badly to try and get out of something. You know, if you go to work, you do a particular job that you hate really badly so no one ever uh, asks you to do it again. Has anyone mm. done that at all? <laughs> oh, I I personally haven't because I'm too scared of having to do it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if I do a bad job, yeah. And also about, scared about the punishment, having worked in fast food. <laughs> it can be kind of scary but i think when in this case if i absolutely hated wanting to be an idol i probably would do the same thing <laughs> at least it's an easier way out than breaching your contract and yeah i think it's a bit of a i mean he got trapped in it for several rounds but I, i've got a feeling that i'll be voted out sooner if i did something like that but about you, you i don't know i'm too I'm, I'm too much of a goody two-shoes to do like anything <laughs> intentionally badly right but if you are stuck on this idol show and you wanted out, would you purposely? <laughs> oh man, I don't try know. Try be bad. Okay, you know, here's the thing, right? Like this, this is something you'll notice, like in life in general. The more you don't care about something, and like the more you just do it naturally, like the better it comes out usually. Like as soon as you stop caring about something, all of a sudden you're good at it. Like that's how it is. Really? So, <laughs> you know, I mean, like in general, right? I don't like, care about Japanese. Well, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. It's a case by case thing, but like you know, yeah. for example, you teach someone how to do archery, right? And then first time they shoot, they usually do really well, right? Because like it's all intuition. But then after that, they start trying really hard, and then they go, "Oh, do I pull my arm this way, this way?" And they start failing. The overthinking. Yeah, yeah, they start overthinking, right? So like, I think if I wanted to get out of this reality show, I would try my best to be good. That's a good point. Yeah. I would fail. Yeah, actually, that's that's not a good thing to do in life. <laughs> Uh, too hard i'll fail yeah listener do your best all right yeah we're there for you oh man aaron how would you get out of this uh 
I just want to close this exit to jump out of. That's pretty much. It. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just full on run like Shawshank Redemption. Just so you know, if you breach the contract by trying to leave, you have to pay a steep price. Ugh. So wait, what price are we talking about? You have to pay a lot of money to break the contract to get out of this TV show, and that's why this guy couldn't leave because there's a lot of money, Ooh. and so the only way out is to get voted out. <laughs> I'll just okay then. If that's the case, I'll just rig the competition and say everyone vote me out. That's it. This is what they did. That's what he did though. <laughs> he did that's that. the problem. That's the problem, man. Like, what if you accidentally be too charming doing that? Right? That people love you. Then you can't get out. That's the issue. I'll just find a way to do it. <laughs> I'll put signs everywhere. I'll put like I'll write sticky notes on the walls and all that stuff. I'll just tell the camera, sign me out, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like being trapped inside of a mental room all over again. Well, I mean, Celeste, this whole um reality show thing, do all the participants have to live in like a building in like a certain area or uh generally the... during these um produce camps or produce one-on-one stuff like even in korea uh. as well as um chinese ones they all live in a sort of dorm they all live together to like oh, train and stuff oh, right yeah dude i think i would pull off a shawshank redemption <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that they will find you and you will no, have to pay the steep price they won't i'll get like plastic surgery or something change my name change everything they'll never find me no we're just going to an island <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Build a boat, then we go to an island. Then we rebuild the boat, and we wait till Morgan Freeman comes to find us. Yeah, that's true. We'll wait for him. It'll be the greatest, uh, the greatest escape. Do you think that's- you'd survive, Celeste? Look, if I was looking for a way out, I'd go out in a very positive way. As in, I'd just get up on stage and enthusiastically rapping in Chinese. I want to quit. (laughs) (laughs) It's like being super happy and positive and just, yeah. Because I think a lot of people voted him back in or like tried to keep him in because he just looked so miserable and I wanted to keep seeing that. (laughs) So, yeah, fight it with positivity. (laughs) Well, if you're interested in joining a produce camp or want to tell us how you think you would go, if you were trying to get out of a situation you did not want to be in, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or at Asian Pop Nation. Guess what's getting close? Yep, that's the Rising event coming here to Melbourne, which is going to be quite exciting. But of course, our team, being the know-it-all legends that they are, are here to bring up some more information about the event and what is in store for you. Now, coming up towards the end of May is Rising, which is going to be this major cultural event for the Asia-Pacific region and is filled with a diverse team of local, national and international artists and curators. So starting from the inaugural festival on the 26th of May till the 6th of June, the event will take place, or the first couple of events will take place, on the evening of a total lunar eclipse. It sounds like mystical, like... Yeah, very... (laughs) And also uh, one particular event will be taking place in Chinatown at an art car park, which is called Golden Square, or at least the event is called Golden Square. And there will be murals on 
the ground and also some columns of frozen lake water. So it sounds like a very artsy event. But what do people think? Are there any events that you're planning to go to? Which looks pretty cool. You might check them out. I think the event's pretty cool because they used to be white night and we all know how white night goes. It's a full, was it 7pm to 7am event? And it's just so crowded and busy. Whereas this one, it's like sectioned off across like a week or more than a week and there's events just spread out here and there so I think it'll be good for crowd management you can see it certain things at certain points I am going to one of their events called the wilds and it's like basically an installation down in the Alexandria Gardens I think it is uh where Mm -hmm. the City Maya Music Bowl is and they're turning that into like an ice rink with like this massive moon installation and some cool stuff so I'm excited. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely, do you think it'll be a bit like an art gallery almost or more like a... I expect it to be more, oh wait, the wilds or just everything in general? Yeah, everything, including the wilds, like the moon that you'll see. and I feel like it'll be just an experience, I guess, because yeah. um, I think it was two years ago, they turned the the Royal Botanical Gardens into this like fiery sort of event like things were just lit up on fire and you just walk through and it was just this nice experience because you know fire it's warm you smell it you can feel it um and you just walk through these areas and it's visually so stunning especially when you got mm. fire in the water and then like cool instruments and stuff so yeah so I expect the wilds to have that sort of impact and I think there will be performers as well for Rising so it'd be cool to check them out yeah well. Very diverse range of creators, that's for sure. You've got quite a few, that, uh, especially with Golden Square, they sort of are trying to examine, at least the curator, Grace Herbert, was aimed to sort of look at migration and colonization. And a lot of the artists are of sort of diverse backgrounds and their performances. While quite artistic, I think there's a laser eyed inflatable, which Judging from the pictures, is absolutely terrifying. It's like in this dark room, <laughs> and she looks like she's about, like numbing on or eating something. And then the kayak performances, which is pretty interesting in the car, car park. But I think what their intentions are, they're going to be well. They have very good intentions, and I think are exploring some very important themes. So yeah, yeah definitely. definitely the experience. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely more than just I guess visually appealing it's very much a multi-sensory kind of event yeah Aaron and JP are quiet do these <laughs> events not pique your interest <laughs> well, they pique my interest a lot but I don't know what to say that's how interested I am <laughs> just speechless I- yeah, yeah. I like the, the rinky-dink thing that you mentioned, Celeste, and I read up on it a little, and it uh, looks good. I'd like to do some ice skating under the moon. Sounds yeah, great. I just thought that cool. was, like, the most appealing thing, like, Instagram shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's weird. Very mystical. Um, I saw another thing as well called Wandering Stars, uh, the Lantern Company. Uh, it kind of looks like they just put up a bunch of lanterns, like, set up on these long poles like star-shaped and they just go down the river and stuff it reminds me of the philippines because around christmas time that's what they do they go to the lamp post yeah they put these uh star-shaped lanterns on it and you know they're everywhere in the streets uh so nice to see that very nostalgic 
Aaron, is there anything that sparks your interest? Nothing on top of my mind. No, not really. No. Mm. Let's go ice skating together, man. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> oh, come on. Another thing as well is they have late night yamcha. Oh my gosh. Oh so my good. god. Ooh. Yeah. So you know, waiters pushing trolleys with dim sums and all of these awesome uh, Asian foods. Yeah, that sounds really good. There's just so many events just to research and to kind of look into and go. Yeah, and it's also in the, like the last week or two of was it the semester, uni semester, and oh, oh, really? it's oh, hell week. Oh. <laughs> I can't even go to most of them. Wow. Want to. <laughs> you just just know it. Please get yeah. degrees. Just go. <laughs> but if you're going to Rising Festival, let us know what you're going to go see, and also let us know what you thought if once you go there, because yeah, there are a lot of events, and judging from our calendars, it's not going to be very likely that we're going to see all of them. So let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us by searching Asian Pop Nation and let us know there inside into our DMs, not in a weird way. You've reached the end of our show tonight here at Asian Pop Nation. This is Senya the executive producer or EP here on the show. Thanks so much for listening to myself, Aaron, Celeste, and John Paul, who gave you all of the awesome banter and discussion tonight. If you want to send any song requests or make any comments about tonight's show or for future shows, you can let us know on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Asian Pop Nation. Slide into our DMs. We always love to hear some feedback and also any requests or thoughts you had about the show. If you missed any of our discussions or our interview with Jackie earlier tonight, you can also check them out wherever you get your podcasts because we have an Asian Pop Nation podcast just for you. Thanks for listening to tonight's show. This is Senya on behalf of the Asian Pop Nation team signing off. Mm-hmm.